It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. He is the Israeli ambassador, Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, and he will be for another stretch of time as he was uh, just extended uh, as ambassador to the UN by the Prime Minister of Israel. Our good friend, Ambassador Danny Danone, is with us Live via telephone, Mr. Ambassador, welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom, good morning, Nahum. A pleasure to speak with you. You told me a moment ago it has not been a quiet summer, so there's plenty to talk about. And I know there's some very serious situations to talk about, but just to get your comment off the cuff, do you think we are heading to new elections in the state of Israel? Well, I served in the Knesset for many years, and always you you hear about uh, new elections, coming elections. So far, the coalition is stable. And also, when you look at the future of the future government, it will look uh, the same. So I'm not sure that we're going to see uh, elections pretty soon. But we have to bear in mind that uh, in March 2019, it will be four years since the last elections. Mm. So it's legitimate to speak about it. But if you look at the coalition today, it is a strong coalition. Yeah, I understand that. All right, everyone, of course, wants to hear what you could tell us about what's happening in Gaza and Steyrot, and now we see in Beersheva and other places that are being hit with rockets. Uh, you know, we hear about ceasefire. It seems at the same moment that we're hearing about ceasefire, we're hearing about the rockets coming into Israel. What would you tell us, what can you tell us now is the latest situation from the southern part in Israel? Well, our policy is very clear. If the children of Beirut and Beersheva are not able to sleep at night, the Hamas leaders uh, will not be able to see daylight. We send that message, and uh, through uh, different mediators, the message was that if it will be quiet in Israel, it will be quiet in Gaza. Otherwise, we will use uh, the force and the might of the IDF to protect the Israelis, uh, and we did it. And we will continue to do it whenever we will feel the threat to the people in Israel. Well, the only thing one might say, though, uh, as casual observers, obviously you and those involved are, are, are much more have much more expertise at this. But but four years ago, when this was happening, again, also during the summer months, it, it seems Israel reacted a little bit differently and did everything in their power to make sure Hamas would not be able to continue with these rockets. Here, it seems that that a definitive move like that has not yet been made. Well, four, four years ago, I was Deputy Minister of Defense, and then we, we dealt with the threat of the tunnels. Uh, and we dealt with the way we should have uh, done it, uh, and we call, we're continuing to do that. The cabinet is meeting. They, they met uh, yesterday for a few hours, and they're looking at all options. But I, I think uh, the message we sent to many people who, who tried to, to mediate was that we have no intention of escalation. We, we have the power. We have the might. We, today, all of our enemies know is, uh, including those in Gaza, that uh, if we want uh, to defeat them, we can do that. We will pay a price for that, but we we are uh, capable of doing it. And uh, the cabinet, always when he's sitting and deciding, needs to look at uh, all aspects. And, and I think that uh, the possibility of using force in the future is only that if he's ready, and uh, whenever they will get need, you will see our boys and girls standing and defending Israel. Yeah, no question about that. Ambassador Danny Danone, Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, is with us. I'm always curious, as you know, because uh, I always ask you this, what what types of comments and reaction you get 
in the halls of the United Nations, especially when Israel is under fire at this point. Um, it seems that that some countries are more sympathetic to Israel than they traditionally have been all right, over the last couple of years. Uh, what is the reaction on the U.N. floor to what Israel is undergoing at this moment? Now, yesterday was a very busy for me. Uh, after a long night in Israel, uh, when 200 rockets landed in Israel, I spoke with uh, many ambassadors and U.N. officials, and I asked them, what would you do? If you had a night when 200 rockets were fell in your cities, uh, I think we see a lot of hypocrisy at the UN. Many times I, I get the answer and the question about excessive use of force. I, I don't buy it. I don't accept it. There's nothing excessive about defending your people. Just imagine what the US, the UK, or even France who criticize us a lot. What would they do if they would have had hundreds of rockets flying into Paris in one night? So I think. We have, first of all, to do what is good for Israel, to protect Israel. And then uh, I and my colleagues from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, we will defend Israel in the UN, in the, in the capitals, in the EU. That's what we are doing. And uh, we need to get used to that, that always they will come with criticism about Israel. We should not end our policy according to their beliefs and their thoughts, because we know that they would react the same. Would you give me the same answer up north that you just gave us earlier regarding the south in terms of, you know, if necessary, Israel will utilize its strength to the ultimate degree? Uh, because up north, it seems to be a bit more complicated with Syria involved, with Russia's eyes continuously on the situation up there. Is it much different than what Israel faces in the south? Uh, it is. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I would surprise you, but uh, I think the challenge up north uh is much more dangerous than the challenge in the South, because Hezbollah uh, today is a real army with uh, thousands of rockets and, and missiles with uh, better technology. Uh, it is a threat to Israel, and uh, we need to divide Syria to Lebanon. What we are doing today, we are making sure that we will not face the same reality today we have in Lebanon, in Syria. That's exactly what the Iranians want to do. They want to open another front on the Golan, we have another conflict which will not be called Hezbollah, they will find another name, but they will put militants on our border, they will uh, arm them with missiles and rockets, so they will have another front against Israel. We will not allow it, we are telling it to our uh, colleagues in Washington, in Moscow, uh, in every capital, but we will not allow the Iranians to build another front in our border. What's the reaction in the UN? to the uh, insistence of the United States administration to strengthen sanctions against Iran when it seems that Russia and the majority of the European countries are not for that strategy? Well, I can tell you that, you know, the Europeans are not happy about it, and they speak about it, and now they're trying to find loopholes uh, to bypass those sanctions, to support, to, to allow an... Uh, a support system for those companies that will continue to work with Iran, but it, it will not work for them. I think the companies themselves, when they will have to choose whether to work with the American economy or with the Iranian economy, they will choose the American economy. So I, I think uh, when you see the next sanctions in uh, November, you will see the pressure acting, uh, and you will see the Europeans and the Iranians uh, acting under pressure. But we think it's good. We think it's, it's very important to continue with the sanctions. It is the only language that the Iranians will understand, and it will hopefully bring a change. Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, the United Nations, Danny Danone, is with us. You came out with a statement 
which seem to indicate that you're pretty thrilled that now the United Nations Human Rights Council is going to be led by somebody from Chile and that um, uh, the representative from Jordan uh, will in fact not be there anymore. You said the representative from Jordan, the outgoing commissioner, never missed a chance to invent falsehoods and lies when it comes to Israel. I was under the impression that Jordan was relatively friendly to Israel. Was that, that not the case in the, in the council? Jo- Jordan, uh, we have a strong peace agreement with Jordan, but, you know, the Mr. Zayad, uh, who is a commissioner until a few hours uh, from now, uh, he was very hostile. He lied. And the thing they said about Israel, it was horrible. The human rights council to deal with human rights, with Israel, actually. I think the decision of President Trump to pull out from the human rights council was the right decision. And I discussed it a lot with Ambassador Nikki Haley. And I think the United States took the right approach. You cannot give money to an organization that's supposed to promote human rights around the world. And all they do is to criticize Israel with lies. We are welcome for criticism, Nahum. And even I will tell you, sometimes we make mistakes, we will correct them. But it doesn't make any sense that you have the Human Rights Committee that will, they will sit in Geneva and will focus only on Israel. So I think it is good that uh, there will be another commissioner. We hope uh, that the new commissioner will be objective and will make sure that uh, the Human Rights Council is not focusing only on Israel. Yeah, that would be a, uh, something welcome at the UN. Finally, Mr. Ambassador, I'm just curious, you know me and my curiosities, when the word gets out that a Syrian scientist has been uh, taken out, let's put it that way, and the rumors start to spread that it's very likely the Israelis are responsible for that, do people in the international community approach you with um, uh, with um, criticism regarding an act like that, supposedly by Israel, or you don't really get much of a reaction to things like that? Now, on the problem, I get too many reactions, many times to events that we have nothing to do with. So the, uh, the thing that we are involved in everything in the world, which is not the case, and uh, my response is very clear. Uh, we will do whatever is necessary to protect our people, and we are committed to protect the Jewish people, not only the Jewish and the, the Israeli citizens. We will protect Jews wherever they are. We are committed to that, uh, and we take a lot of pride of our capabilities. When you think about, uh, just imagine our boys and girls entering uh, Tehran and taking out the files about the nuclear uh, capabilities of Iran. This is an amazing operation. And I think many people in the world, not only the Arab world, know that we have the capabilities to go anywhere and to protect Israel everywhere in the world. Well, we cannot thank you enough. This audience, as you know, is very proud of the fact that you are representing Israel and the Jewish people as well as you do at the United Nations. By the way, as you know, Chodesh Elul is about to begin. Will you be Rosh Hashanah in New York or in uh, Israel? Hopefully I will be in Israel. Without <laughs> Hashem, if it will be quiet in Israel, I will be able to go uh, Rosh Hashanah <laughs> uh, to be uh, with my family in Israel. I will come back because Prime Minister Netanyahu is coming in Holomoy Sukkot to speak in the General Assembly. So it will be a short visit before we come back to get ready for the opening of the General Assembly. Oh, that's good to know. I'm glad you told us that. Uh, Todaraba, thank you so much for joining us today. And Shabbat Shalom, Mr. Ambassador. Shalom to you and to the audience. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. There he is, the Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, who cannot make us any prouder the way he represents Israel and the Jewish people. And, of course, is Ambassador Danny Danone. More coming up Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, 12 minutes after 8 o'clock here at JM in the AM.